What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. But, yeah, the uh, it's crazy, and I feel like, especially with podcasts, you can edit stuff, but it takes away from the authenticity of the moment, you know? Right. And I don't want to... Like I, the, the dirty details and the and all the, the realness. For sure that. And if I go back, like way back in some podcasts before I'd done it for a while and like had friends critique me and, yeah. you know, tell me how terrible I am. Mm-hmm. When are you going to start streaming on YouTube? I know I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I actually had quite a few people be like, hey, you need to. You need to get some faces out there. Right. Um, but anyways. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. Yeah. It's enjoyable. I listen to a lot of them. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Like all podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a connoisseur of podcasts. I, don't I drive, listen to them. I drive so much. Yeah. That I, I get sick of listening to like, oh, here we go. Another playlist of the same 80 songs. Right. That'll get me there and back. What's your favorite song to listen to road tripping? Road tripping? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like if you're driving, like what's your playlist? Are we talking like country, gangster, um, well, a mix of country and gangster, you know, like. So I come from a baseball background. Okay. Like all of my whole upbringing was baseball, like road trips. So it was movies on buses, a lot of like gangster rap and a lot of country <laughs> and a lot of weird stuff because everyone throws a song in, right? And you just mm-hmm. play the playlist in the locker room or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, but, it's, it's funny because so many people don't think anybody listens to gangster rap and like majority of everybody I've ever met in the hunting community is like has this dirty deep obsession with yeah. serious hardcore gangster rap <laughs> and they just laugh about it because it's just so true though I yeah. get it like I'm, I wouldn't say I have an obsession with gangster rap I rarely listen to gangster rap when mm-hmm. I do it's like 90s Snoop Dogg yeah Dr. Got, Dre yeah yeah that's it like my kill songs like Dr. Dre yeah 100 you percent know? still Dre here we go yeah yeah I don't know but nowadays, like my wife loves, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's like Americana mm-hmm. type turnpike troubadours or, you know, Jason Isbell or, mm-hmm. you know, Tyler Childers or whatever. That's on like Tyler's 90, sick, dude. 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to have the festival in uh, Whitefish mm-hmm. this year. And it was him and Jason Isbell and a bunch of cool people. Thanks, coronavirus. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Really dick that one. How's coronavirus affected you up here? Because you guys were shut down fairly quickly. Yeah, our governor was like the third one to shut down or something. I think I you, don't, don't re- you even that. beat us. Oh, and yeah. I'm in California. Yeah, Team Blue. Yeah, big Team Blue. I know. But we're all coming up here, destroying Everybody. your communities. I know, I told you. I saw like 80 plates today driving around. <laughs> like, here comes another Tesla. California plates. <laughs> There's Teslas up here. Yeah. Wow. We have, we have uh, charging stations. That's crazy. We're I'm hip. I would just be concerned about having... I mean, I guess... They must be pretty durable vehicles. Rain, snow. Elon Musk's hell of a guy. He is a gangster. He is a gangster. Yeah, like modern day, you know, musician. Yeah, he's a 
he's doing some crazy things. Yeah, he's changing the world. I was sitting in my hot tub the other night, mm-hmm. looked up at the sky, and all these lights are like in a line coming across the sky. Have you seen this? No. In person? No, I've never even seen it in a video. Holy I don't even know what shit. you're talking about. Dude, it's crazy. Pull it up on your phone. Yeah. I had to look it up. I thought we were getting invaded by aliens. Like, okay. What is it, like SpaceX lights or um, something? It's called, uh, uh, I was typing like Elon Musk line train or light train. It's, uh, it's an automatic Google search. Oh my goodness. Dude, it's crazy. That's some real stuff. That's actually happening. So mm-hmm. you watch this happen. I was sitting out there and my wife's like, look at, look, look at that. I look up. Santa and like, Claus is coming. I counted like 42 of them. And they're like right on one another's ass just coming across the sky. Really? Crazy. Crazy. What is it? A sky train? I, I don't know. I looked it up. It's like... Uh, Dude, it's he's, literally... He's, it looks like Santa's sleigh. Yeah. He's bringing uh, um, like fast internet to everybody. I don't know. Changing the world. I don't know what it is. It's above my pay grade. It's above mine too. Right? He's like doing Morse code with aliens. That's what it is. Yeah. For sure. He's him, Inter- him and Joe Rogan. Intergalactic <laughs> communications on ayahuasca trips. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, that's what they're 100%. doing. 100%. Yeah, next level. <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. That is so Wait, crazy. Like if you were hunting and you saw that, dude, crazy. Yeah, I'd be filming it. I had a couple of buddies that were hunting down in uh, Arizona, like that January deer, mule deer hunt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they saw, like, SpaceX take off. They're like, oh, shit, it's North Korea. They're coming. (laughs) Yeah. Some of the stuff. Like, you try to get away from technology, and then a massive rocket just takes off. Takes off in your area. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. Yeah. I'm Matt Comer. Uh, That's my kids coming in the door. Oh, cool. They can be loud. Yeah. Hi, fam. Hi, guys. I guess it's your turn for introductions. I know, right? Um, yeah, Matt Comer, born and raised here, Bozeman, Montana. Forever. Forever. What year were you born? 89. Good okay. year. Yeah. November of 89. I remember it. Right right in the, in the height of elk season. Yeah. Your well, dad was pissed. Funny story. I didn't really grow up elk hunting. Really? No. Okay. Didn't grow up. Big bird hunter, mm-hmm. fly fishing, all that. So naturally, when I you know became like 18, I really got into elk hunting and throwing Rapalas. Really? Yeah. It's huh. way fun. Yeah. It's way fun. So you grew up out here. Hmm? You've gotten to watch everything change. Yeah. Right? I remember when 19th was dirt gravel. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first time I ever came up to Montana was like, 1986 you know when i was a infant yeah you know i was like a year old and i i mean i just know from seeing the pictures of what it, and that's all you know yeah how much film it's pictures to, yeah. to how much it's changed to now yeah you know it's kind of crazy oh dude it's wild like right where this house is would be like way out of town back then cattle pastures right yeah yeah it's, i mean it's still a wheat field like across the street but <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, pretty, like, oh, you're going all the way out there. Uh-huh. And how many kids were in your school? A lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I still think it's, like, around 500 per class. Oh, wow. 
Did you happen to see the new high school when you're driving around today? I might have. Dude, it's huge. I didn't. Massive. Maybe I didn't see it then. So now we're two high school town. If it if it's more towards town, I didn't. I, oh. I tried to stay. What's the road over here? You were just in four corners. Like, yeah, I try to stay like. Huff on Jackrabbit. Yeah, so I, I I'll stay on Jackrabbit to the freeway, and yeah. then I'll go out, you go know, east way. or west, whatever way I end up going. Yeah. But I I won't. I refuse to go into town. Oh. Well, it's got some good food. It's got some perks. Yeah. You can have a good time. I guess. I just, it's so weird. It's its changed a lot for the better. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, there's some California people, so some of it's worse. Yeah. Hipsters. But actually, some of the best people I know are from California, so. I'll appreciate that comment. I'll yeah. just pretend that I'm on that list, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where it ends up. Yeah, We'll right. see. Give me a year. I'll ruin it, I promise. Yeah. No, we'd love to have you up here. You're yeah. the kind of people that make it better, so. Yeah, dude. It's, it's. It's wonderful up here, man. It's uh, yeah. It's. Uh, I remember always growing up, we'd get the last best place on earth stickers, and it, you know it's the last best place on earth, and then a you know mm-hmm. a picture of the state. Yeah. And uh, my whole life, that's just all I've ever thought. Yeah. You know, Montana is like definitely one of the last best places on earth. It's a pretty good uncovered gem. I mean, I left for college, so anyway, back to, we'll get there. Um, back to me growing up. So I was born and raised here. Went to, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, baseball was pretty much my life. Mm-hmm. I loved playing baseball. Sports guy. Big sports guy. Yeah. Well, didn't really like football. Okay. Um, football coach always asked me to play. Wasn't necessarily a big guy, but I just like playing sports, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite position in baseball? Or what position did you play? I played second base growing up, and then I just wasn't that good mm-hmm. at, like, defense. So... Uh, but I could hit. I loved hitting. Like, I spent way more time in the batting cage than I did <laughs> getting ground balls. Yeah. So I slowly moved to uh, outfield, you know, natural progression of players, like most athletic players. Like I was a great outfielder. Yeah, you're going to start at shortstop, and <laughs> you might pitch and second base, and then you go out to the outfield when you really can't play. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that. I um, was on the first state championship baseball team from Bozeman which blew my mind when I was playing. Mm-hmm. We They've been playing since like the 30s or yeah. even earlier, and they'd never won a state championship. And there's like, what, eight, 10 big towns in Montana. So what was that like? It was cool. I mean. Celebrity overnight. Oh, man. Big, in Montana. Big deal. Super big deal. Like, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, you know, high school sports, right? Yeah. You think well, it's I mean, big where when I'm you're doing from, it? And, dude, where I'm from and the, the high school sports teams, everybody knew. 100. Yeah. All day. I mean, it's still pretty small town right Mm -hmm. back then i think it's still a small town now it is but like then it was like 35 38,000 people and now it's like 60 50 55 i don't even know they're moving here yeah incredible rates but um yeah so it was cool we won the state championship my junior year we were just as good my senior year and totally flopped um but we had a lot of good players on that team and a lot of guys went and got free school you know? Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And I was lucky enough to be one of them. And where'd you end up going? Um, I went to Treasure Valley, which is a tiny junior college in like on the Snake River outside of Boise, Idaho, and in Ontario, Oregon. So it's like literally where the Orida <laughs> factory is. Uh-huh. It smells like, you know, like onion rings and cheese curds and whatever else they f- you buy in them everything that comes in the package yeah like in the freezer aisle so like were you the, always hungry when you lived there or? no you just get a t- you get a knack for like 
not wanting fast food. Yeah. They yeah. had really good Mexican food though. Yeah. And if you know anything about Bozeman, we have terrible Mexican food. I haven't had Mexican food here yet. You're not missing out. Actually, no, I have in one place. But was it good? It was half it was half good. It wasn't California, but it we, was good. We officially made it as a town when we got a taco truck. Really? Yeah. You have a taco book. truck. We have like four. What's the name of it? Oh, man. There's a red one outside the boot barn. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's one uh, <laughs> There's one uh, El Rodeo. It's, there's all these buses. Yeah. They're, they're all good. Yeah. You know, it's meat. And well, I always find it funny. Like, in the outskirts in California, you'll come to, like, you know, John's Taco Shop. And you're like... John has a taco shop. All right. They're set up everywhere? No, like, they're not everywhere, but they'll just be like the most generic names. It won't be like, you know, uh, Pancho Villas or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's like Billy Bob's Taco Shop. Yeah. It's like not, you're expecting some something authentic. Yeah, and it's oh, yeah. not. Here, they're, they just play the authentic card. They do? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's how you know it's good, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that's your sale. Yeah. Want, I don't want to go to Bob's Tacos. This just doesn't sound delicious to me. Maybe Bob has some killer but tacos. But if it's Julio's tacos. That sounds legit. I'm probably going to go. Yeah. Yeah. God, maybe that someone's going to turn this against me with everything going on I don't know. On it right sounds, yeah, it sounds a little... Uh, Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Taco names matter. Taco names matter. Yeah. Taco shop names matter. Yeah, exactly. So, you went to college. I did. So, I went there for two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a really awesome career there because it was probably less school and all athletics and I loved playing baseball and so it was like six hours seven hours a day on the baseball field you know you did some homework or whatever they required Mm -hmm. which you know looking back on college I don't know what I really took away other than like people skills how to talk to people you know and how to make relationships and that's the most important thing out of college unless you're going to be you know a doctor or well, nurse. And fast forward to your career now. I mean, people skills is 99% of what your job is about, I would assume. That's all I do. Yeah. That's all I do. Is working with people. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's more of a personality thing, I think. But, you know, yeah, it's not, I'm not figuring out. So when did you come back from college? Um, 2012, 2011, 2012. And it, so for you, was that kind of when you really dove into big game hunting and the pursuit of big game and the passion? Yeah, for pretty much. All I mean, so I had a good career there, and then I went uh, to a Division One school in Seattle, downtown Seattle, um, Seattle University, and had I basically took who gave me the most money to play because I wanted to come out of college with no debt. Yeah. Just wanted to play baseball. And it wasn't necessarily the best fit. You know, I had a lot of other places I could have gone that were the same caliber, but I would have probably had to pay a little more money to go. Um, and downtown Seattle and me is probably not the best fit, especially if I was there right now. Um, and that's like, I was living on Capitol Hill. Really? Yeah, an apartment. That's crazy. 914 East Terrace Street, yeah. So, yeah, it was... Uh, Anyway, it was fun. I loved baseball. Hated being off the baseball field. School, not a good fit for me. Just the school politics, the school in general, the, sc- the student body, not a great fit. So I get along with about everybody, so it was fine. But, you know, I just wanted to get out of there. So mm-hmm. had a really good year. Um, yeah, I was in, started, played a ton, and uh, transferred to MSU Billings or MSU Eastern or whatever they call it. It was MSUB then. And uh, 
they paid for the rest of my school. Really? Yep. Played one year and then coached another year, and they they were awesome. And that was obviously a great fit living in Billings because I still have residency. <laughs> and then back then, like even archery tags were even easier to get than they are now. Yeah. So are you more of an archery guy? Or are you? Yeah, for sure. Be out of a couple reasons. You can get a lot of tags way easier. Tag right? availability is if through I could, the roof. If I could walk around with a gun in September, I probably would. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like put the gun down to pick up the bow. Yeah. So I like bow hunting. I enjoy bow hunting. And there's a reason why a lot more people gun hunt than bow hunt. But, you know, I I do enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun. I, I'm not a tinkerer. I'm not a mechanical guy. You can ask Cody. Yeah. Like, I, I'm terrible with mechanics, so I don't like setting bows up or mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. And so I like to pick them up, shoot them. And, and call it a day. Do you, use a, a day. do you use a pro shop here in town? or? Yeah, I use Big Sky Archery. Big Sky Archery. They're off uh, Jackrabbit, one of your main roads. Nice. Do you Are you one of the types of guys, do you upgrade your bow every year? Or you? No, I usually get a Brendan hand-me-down or uh-huh. something. He'll, he'll call me and be like, oh, dude, I got like four of these. You want? You want <laughs> Which yeah. bow do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's the you know, second, third best, greatest bow ever. You yeah. Want it? Sure. It's killed quite a number of animals. <laughs> sure. Yeah, this, one, this one's fresh. So oh, really? I just set it up. Just shot it mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Which I'm the laziest. I slack off so much. I'd rather spend time with my kids. And what kind of bow is it? It's a Hoyt RX nice. something or other. Yeah. I don't. I don't keep up on them. Yeah. They all shoot about the same. Right. Yeah. It's all about what you have in your hand too. It is. If you like it, it's comfortable. That's what matters. Yeah. And I. They all shoot super nice. So it's more. If I'm gonna miss, it's me. But I'm a operator error. It is. I put as much emphasis on heavy and quiet as possible i mean i'm not pulling like so heavy is in like your arrow weight yeah arrow weight you know and just having like a downrange lawn dart just going slow and quiet well and i would also assume it's fairly important up here for that based on you know if you're chasing large elk yeah you kind of need that extra weight behind it to push through the shoulder or mm-hmm. you know because how often will an animal move in arrow flight oh yeah you I mean, know could... and a quarter inch will or not a quarter inch, but a half inch can go from no shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. So I just do everything to, like, you know, mitigate that. Like mm-hmm. I want. I think I can't put enough emphasis on quiet. And I learned that hunting antelope. And was that just because you? Damn things jump your strain. Yeah. They really do. They do. Deer do. In California, deer will do it. Yeah. I'm sure they do it out. I'm sure they do it everywhere. But. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not shooting, like, a 4x4 four four target where an elk's huge, you know. They can move, and you're still good. Like, that's still through the boiler room. You know, mm-hmm. antelope's little, and that's really what I – that was the first animal I ever killed with a bow when I was, like, 17, maybe, mm-hmm. right before I went to college. And then all through college, the only animal I hunted, because I was always gone for everything except for Thanksgiving, was uh, antelope. Because really? it opened August, and I had to, like, check in September 1, so I had two weeks to hunt antelope. And that's what I did. And was it always archery or archery and rifle? Well, rifle doesn't start till like later of, in the year. Yeah. Okay. Like so it's always archery. Mm-hmm. That's got to be difficult, man, because antelope are so like, spooky. They are, but it, I don't know. They are and they aren't. Once you f- sort of figure out what they do and where they go and why they spook, and I mean, they're what spooks I, them. I call them like stupid animals, but they're really smart. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they're really curious. Yeah. And so you can do, 
random stuff and I'll pass I don't know I'll, I really utilize like moving around the country and passing antelope opportunities until you can find one that's in a good spot like you can stalk 20 antelope and not kill one mm-hmm. you can stalk one antelope in the right spot and kill it and kill it success yeah yeah but I don't know it took me a long time to figure out like probably shouldn't stalk that one <laughs> uh-huh you know do you uh there's so much there's always so much talk about a successful hunt. Do you immediately say a successful hunt is with the kill of the animal or do you say that a successful hunt is in the experience or is it a mix of both or like yeah. I know so for me for me um majority of of I mean sure every hunt is a great hunt. Yeah. Every hunt is always wonderful. The views, everything is beautiful. Yeah. Scenery, backcountry front country doesn't matter sure um but it's really hard for me to say a successful hunt is wrapped up in you know not killing like to me a successful hunt is is actually when i kill and take an animal mm-hmm. yeah i mean you got to find success at some point yeah you know there's only so many good times you can have and close encounters and attaboys right like yeah, it's better luck day, next like time, bud. A pat, yeah, a pat on the back <laughs> only goes so far. Yeah, I mean, overall, the full experience is mm-hmm. always amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily, like, I don't cap a hunt with, like, a day. Mm-hmm. For me, like, it's, like, elk season or, or, you know. The tag. Deer season. The yeah, life of the tag. It's the life of the tag. Like, that's a hunt. Like, if you have pull a whatever tag, Nevada tag, and it shows up in the mail, it's like, cool, that's a hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, it might go down twice. So, there might be another... You know, it's not just a day or a couple of days or a week, you know. It's the lifetime of the tag. Yeah, that's, that's I don't know, in a roundabout answer, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say a successful hunt would end with taking something. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't have a good time doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's you that's know? all part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I've, I've been so fortunate to be in some pretty amazing camps mm-hmm. where it's just like, the the crowd will be able to get you like one day one person's having a bad day because it's day six day seven day mm-hmm. eight you know and you know the other people in the group can bring you up and bring you back and yeah. bring you back to life and then return the favor to that person when they're going right through it and having a rough time yeah like you i know? was telling you i was on that sheep hunt in alaska a couple mm-hmm. years ago and yeah. the other guy your doll hunt yes now how did you get that doll hunt let's talk about that um i got really really lucky I signed up Montana Wild Sheep Foundation, and they were doing like a life member, like a raffle, like you had to be present to win. And so a couple buddies told me sign up, like Cody, Brandon, whatever. They're like, you got to do it. No reason not to. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I was like 500 bucks. Sure. Why not? Like that's the cheapest sheep hunt you can get. And (laughs) so whatever. So yeah, fill my name out, pay the money, go sit down, have a good time. And uh, at the end of the night, it's like the big, you know but um finale and uh you know they they're st- cranking I can't remember the wheel how they did it yeah they like cranking the wheel and i've been to all the stuff and it's always never you right it's, it's always someone never, else dude. never you never and so they they uh they pull the, na- they're the ticket out and they're like oh all right, if you're from you know montana because they did it by like phone numbers like 406 we have one area code for the whole state mm-hmm. so it's like oh if you're from montana <laughs> stay standing <laughs> it's everybody you know, ha- well like no like half oh, of them okay. sat down like there's there's quite a few because a lot of people actually live in montana 
mm-hmm. but they have like an Oregon oh, phone number from or wherever they've yeah. migrated from. Exactly, because the, it is that kind of area. All the transplants. Yeah, and uh, it actually happened to be here in Bozeman. Um, and so the next one was like, if it's five seven nine, which is the other part of my phone number, and then like everybody sits down. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I think I was the only one standing left, and I see Wetmore stand up, and he's he finishes my phone number for me because he's knows it mm-hmm. and uh yeah i started screaming they're like <laughs> yep it's you so it was pretty sweet but yeah i ended up hitting a 500 dollars doll sheep doll sheep how was that man i mean what is first off where'd you go hunt where was it? we were in the alaska range so i mean i don't know if you're familiar with alaska but it's a giant ass mountain range mm-hmm. kind of in the center part of alaska ish east yeah center ish it's huge um yeah so i flew to fairbanks and then uh drove to healy where the dude um that movie or the book good thanks you can leave him here he'll he'll get to him i promise i'll get to him (laughs) i gotta get up and walk (laughs) thanks um my wife she's such a sweetheart yeah um so yeah, I, dr- I flew to uh, Fairbanks, drove to Healy, and that's where the that book, uh, Alone in the Wilderness or Into the Wild or whatever it was yeah. called. Um, Into the, the Wild. Du- the dude eats the berries and dies in the bus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that was. Okay. So that's exactly where it was. And I flew out of there, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes and uh, landed on a gravel bar and, uh, yeah, rode horses 18 miles out of there, set up spike camp. And were you spike camping the whole time? No, they have like a wall tent base camp, and then they're horseback. They trail horses in, and then, uh, yeah, they take all the clients out on horses. So for you going into that experience, what was that like? Because, I mean, at, at that time in your life, was had sheep hunting become like a pinnacle for you yet? or? Well, it's like everyone talks about sheep hunting. But like it's, it's, not, like, it's not achievable. Yeah, it's not achievable, especially for a guy like me where I don't want to stroke a check for 25 grand and go kill you know, sheep. Yeah. Especially now that after I've done it, I don't want to, if somebody's on the, on the cusp of doing it or not doing it, do it. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, like absolutely don't wait, go do it. It's cool. It's super cool. Um, I'm glad I won it though. After doing that, it made it that much sweeter, mm-hmm. you know, really like, especially the Ram I killed, I killed a super nice Ram. Very, very happy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, what it was a grind. Did you guys end up getting, I shot my ram on day five, mm-hmm. but dude, had you seen was, rams prior to that? Or was I saw that? one ram from camp, and then we left, and I saw oh, five or six rams, and like there was ewes everywhere. There was a lot of sheep, mm-hmm. tons of sheep. Um, but it just rained, dude. I cannot explain to you how much it rained. That's gotta I'd be never so been to rough. Alaska, like way deep in there before. Yeah, and it wasn't coastal, but it rained, like. I bet you, I was there, I think I flew out on day, like, 11, and I bet you it rained, at least to some degree. Every day? All, no, like, all but, like, 12 hours. No way. Had to have. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't remember a time when it was, like, nice. What time of year was it? August. Mm-hmm. It was in between, you know, I got the freebie hunt, so it was, like, in between, like, <laughs> opener and the second wave, and they kind of squeezed me in. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was a really cool experience. I had Ended up killing a super nice ram. 
Um, I'm not a fan of horseback hunts. I would have rather walked. Why is that? We spent more time dicking with the horses and, like, tying them up. And my guide brought, you know, not enough food. And I wanted to stay out there longer. And we ran out of food on day three, three and a half. And the horses were hungry. And there's nothing to eat. Yeah. Because it's, like, tundra. So what did you guys – so you ran out of horse feed or both feed? feed yeah, no, we had, lots, and- we, had, we had people feed. Yeah. We just didn't have, like, enough horse. We brought four horses. Well, three horses and a mule. And so they went through some, you know, the hay burners. They went through some pellets and biscuits and stuff. We brought them. Really quick. And somebody was camped in the spot we were at, and their horses ate most of the grass. And we didn't relocate. So, and we brought enough people food for, like, six days. Mm-hmm. And I killed my ram on day five, <laughs> which gave us more food, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a very cool experience. And... uh yeah, well, it, and it a, says a lot for supporting your local sheep chapter. It does, yeah. You know what I mean? And and the abilities that can happen for people that maybe want to get into sheep hunting and have no idea how to start, and supporting a local sheep chapter yeah. is a great way to start. Well, dude, somebody's got a, like, somebody's name is getting pulled out of that hat. You might you know, as well have yours in it. all over the place. In like, every state. They're everywhere. I, yeah. s- I swear more sheep hunts go to, like, those auction raffles than they actually book. <laughs> you know, it's like every outfitter has at least one in it. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. I mean, whether it's at, you know, uh, sheep show or Western hunt expo or yeah. all of the different dinners, you know, or, you know, hunting yeah. fools auction or raffle tags. Oh, if you're a member Epic of whatever. Outdoors. Yeah. They're yeah. everywhere. There was that, that, uh, Mackenzie Sims is doing that stone sheep thing. If you've been like a member of that for three years, mm-hmm. and I was telling you, I really want to kill stone sheep. And so he's like, oh, you got to be a member for three years. And I text him and I was like, dude, what are the odds? And he's like, oh, it's like, it's like 300 members. Yeah. And I was like, uh, not, three that's, o- three not that one. steep. Like one out of 300 for yeah. a stone sheep that cost me 150 bucks. Sure. I'm in. Yeah. There's a lot of options out there for people, but you got to be prepared to like not win, you know? Yeah. And it's going to a good cause. Most of the time. But a $150 sheep hunt is a $150 sheep hunt. Yeah. You know, I'll be hopefully to a point someday when I can be like, yeah, I'll, let's go shoot a desert. Let's go shoot a stone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's try with a bow. Let's do that. But until that happens, I'm going to be the, the guy trying to scheme and horse trade and do whatever I can to like, you know. Do you do a lot of horse trading? Uh, no, not a lot. Mm-hmm. I've done some. I uh, was horse trading with a guy this year. I was going to go to Alberta, shoot a mule deer. I was going to trade him a mule deer here. You know, deer for deer, that's easy. Um, Swap it out. Yeah. Super cool guy. I met him pheasant hunting randomly. Not, I mean, not randomly. He was on our pheasant hunting team or whatever. We did a fundraiser for a college. And uh, you have to have be a professional athlete at some point. And this guy played like 18 years in the NHL. You know, and I know nothing about hockey. <laughs> that's a baseball guy. You know, and this guy played, he was an all-star. Like, he scored a goal in the all-star game. And I'm like, cool, man. What'd you do at halftime? You know, and he's like, Fought oh, somebody. we have periods. Uh, but super <laughs> nice guy. He's actually the only NHL player out of Northwest Territories, I learned. Oh, wow. But, so anyway, we were horse trading deer, deer for deer. He's got big deer. I like mule deer. And he wanted to bring either his boy down or him or something. And, yeah, we had it all worked out. Um, I filled out my stuff for Alberta. Had it all dialed, and then stupid coronavirus. 
amazing how much that's suffered the yeah. north of the border industry. I know. I know. I'm so. really interested to see how it all plays out mm-hmm. when they open the borders on July 24th or 21st. Is that when it's opening? Yeah, I think so. That's what it sounds like, but... I don't know, man. They're you, threatening the second wave. Yeah. You know, or or uh, I was talking to a guy earlier today, like, what's going to happen in the States if yeah. there's a second wave? So Are they going to shut down hunting season everywhere? Uh, they better not. I would be... I don't know what I'd do. Have fun in California. I mean, I get, <laughs> the cool thing about California, though, is if I get an archery-only tag, that's a six-month season. Yeah, for A-zone and B-zone. Yeah, how do you even know this stuff? What? Well... I hunt a little bit. Okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I got a good buddy, Chris Lashinsky, lives down in, I know him so well. I know exactly the town he lives in. I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere down California, there in California. Wine country. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he's invited me down a million times. I really got to go. Yeah, dude, it's fun. He's badass, If you too. can deal with hun- hunting in 105-degree heat, I mean, get it. Yeah, he's got gangster blacktails. I bet. Like, Especially if he's out in B-Zone. B-Zone is packed full of He's got both zones. Monsters. He's, monsters. Got, he's got all the zones. Yeah. He's, uh, I should show you, pull up his, his gram and show you the, some of the blacktail he kills. I don't know blacktail. He says they're really big. They look, they look like pretty good mule deer and they're blacktail. You know, it's, it's amazing in California because a lot of people kill a lot of really, really big deer or a lot of big blacktail and they never tape them out for books. They don't care. They just like to kill big animals. Oh, he's a gangster. You know, and it's always fun to see all of the photos in California that never make it to the internet that is a toad that's yeah. a great black tail he's a stud man. deer too uh he drew a nevada tag last year i went down with him uh-huh. and i was when you were like oh what's a successful hunt i went with him and he drew a elk tag in nevada northern unit um he deer hunted it with me a few years ago and uh we saw a bunch of elk there and he's like oh i'll apply and it turns out it's a pretty good tag <laughs> and uh he drew it with like two points you know i have like seven and i don't draw it you know and he draws it i'm yeah. like cool man we can work That's out always the way it goes we can dude. work out the bugs with you yeah and uh we i drive down there it's exactly halfway from where he lives and where i live mm. so it's like well like six eight hours yeah eight hours for both basically. call it eight hours and uh yeah we did not kill a bull while i was there but we had a pretty good time so that was pretty successful mm. and then i left and he stayed down there the whole season and he killed one, like, I don't know, 10 days in, maybe. Mm-hmm. Killed so, a nice bull. So, speaking of bulls, what's it been like for you developing a talent, you know, for archery hunting up here and, and well, finding big bulls? And I wouldn't necessarily call it a talent. Uh, it's like a savant skill, like solving a Rubik's Cube, maybe. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a talent, dude. Sort of. I watched a guy <laughs> on a flight the other day. He worked on his Rubik's Cube for a six-hour flight. That's a lot, dude. Yeah, that is a lot. That's dedication, man. I spend a lot of time trying to kill bulls, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, honestly, I spend more time in, like, the spring, the summer, than I really do in, in like, actual hunting season. Because um, well, you're trying to figure out where they're at. Yeah. You got, I mean, I take, Once you like, locate a, them, you can kind of... I mean, and, and you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like once you locate them, you can kind of keep a within a range a fairly good bead on yeah. on where they're going to be around when september comes once you figure them out it took me like 10 years yeah you know i'm sure you had some pretty years. good help along the way figuring it out too i did yeah i got a lot of good advice you know on how to hunt elk but honestly like when i was guiding up on the ca 
the few times I did, it was like, how many practice reps can you get tinkering with elk? Like getting in close, like throwing rocks at them, you know, mm -hmm. how many bulls can you call in? What can you do? What do elk do in this? Why are they going nuts in the snow and not the rain or whatever it was, you know, Yeah. trying to guess what they're doing, but throwing rocks at them. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, I, I understand that. I get I 100% like get clients, the concept in that. Clients tagged out. Like, let's go. Let's educate. go practice. Yeah. Why not? It's the, the greatest place on earth. Yeah. Can you, know? you, can you call them in within five yards? Can you call them in within 20? Yeah. Can you blow the bulls and not the cows and still have them stay, hang around? You know, like learning just stuff, like what they do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're creature habit. You just got to figure out their habits. And now when you're trying to blow out bulls and to, to keep cows around or blow out the cows to keep the bulls around, what are you actually doing in order to do that? Well, like say there's like a herd bull with a bunch of cows, but mm -hmm. then there's a couple like pen or raghorns around the edge. Like, can you fuck with them? And they, it, everything's cool. Like, can you blow out the rags and everything is fine? Or they start barking or, you know, and just figuring out yeah, how that like, works. What do they do? Are they just satellite bulls for, and they, and they bail off and never come back? Or they go find a different herd? Do they blow out all the elk in the area? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's reps, right? It goes back to baseball. Like, you're only good at hitting a baseball if you practice a lot. And that's, you know, days of field and. I feel like I really make my days of field count. Like mm -hmm. I'm not out there spending 75 days trying to kill one bull. You know, I'd spend four days here scouting, three days here, two days here, Moving around a five lot. days here. Well, just figuring them out. And that once you lay all the groundwork and you figure it out, now I can go back. I could probably tell you where there's elk bedded under a bush somewhere right now. <laughs> Pointing them out. That's where they are. Don't even need to do it. Yeah. It's so crazy to to think about it like that, you know, and I can only relate it to California hunting for deer <clears throat> because, I mean, in California, it's where I hunt, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at 5% success rate on yeah. public land or less, you yeah. know, three to 5% success rate. Yeah. So you really have to get in there. You really have to understand. You have to know the country. Yeah. You know, and once you start finding the areas where bucks are there every year mm -hmm. you really start to up you know from three to five percent now you're looking at 40 to 60 percent as a yeah independent hunter you know and sure really understanding the the area well they yeah i mean what do they say night uh, 10 percent of the dudes kill 90 percent of them my buddy animals. kyle dude he just swears by that I all the time dude. True. you know he says 10 percent kill 90 yeah. and i get it because that's true yeah you know, you look at a lot of the same people every year, a lot of the same people that are always mm -hmm. out there. And, and I'm sure that it has to do with time in the field before season, whether it's scouting or just keeping your eyes constantly adjusted yeah. to being able to pick up game, you know, because how important is that to look at a bush and be like, oh, I, I see an orange ass in there. Yeah. You know, well, it took me a long time to figure out glassing, like actually, mm -hmm. you know, and like the benefits of it and you know when i first started hunting elk i was just walking around like oh they smell them they must be close and mm -hmm. then they start glassing you know, i've learned so much from back in the day to now on what to do and time spent where like you can re really like utilize your time you know like i said like i'd rather have four good days of this than 70 75 days of, of bullshit yeah <laughs> you know yeah so i think everybody would agree with that yeah, yeah. like I, i'm i'm there for a good time but i also got like a family and stuff so yeah 
I'd rather hang out with them sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of important. After the 75th day of hanging out with the family, I'd rather go hunting, you know? <laughs> like, it's it's all balance. Yeah. You know? It's an interesting balance, too, though. It is. You know, as far as being a family man and having a job and, mm-hmm. you know, being a dedicated hunter. Yeah. Um, no, I have a super cool job. Uh, even cooler wife. She mm-hmm. lets me do whatever I want. And how important is that for you? To be able to have that time and a wife that supports that. Well, if you had like a shitty home life and somebody that didn't support what you were doing, you know, that'd be hard to like. You're either stuck at home or you're always trying to get away. Yeah, exactly. And she's fantastic. She she understands my passion. You know, I remember right before we got married, I was like, you know, you know what you're signing up for, right? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I'm like, I, I like hunting. This is nothing new. This isn't like, you know. Mm-hmm. not dropping this on you it's always been a part of me like you know it's, not, it's not gonna change yeah she's like i fully understand that right and so yeah she's she hunts with me sometimes she hunts too yeah that's awesome yeah she pulled a gangster elk tag this year really she's never shot a bull she oh. will this year yeah you're certain of it uh well i mean <laughs> she'll have you're confident she'll have a lot of great encounters yeah she's picky Oh, that's she has the only Boone and Crockett animal in the house, I will say. So I'm hoping for her sake that she kills a bigger bull than anything that you've ever killed. That's her goal. Just so she could shoulder mount it and centerpiece it in the house. She won't shoulder mount it, but she will centerpiece it. Why won't she shoulder mount it? She doesn't like that. I don't like it either. I hate elk shoulder mounts. I am a big believer in Euro mounts. Me too. I mean, I think... You know how much space elk shoulder mounts take up? I do. They take up a shitload of room. They do. Like more than a moose. Yeah. Especially if you kill like a good bull, right? Mm-hmm. One that's like forty-five inches wide and fifty-five inch beams. Then mm-hmm. you got the whole, you know, horse attached to it. <laughs> They're huge. My dad, my dad killed this bull um, in California a couple of years back, and he didn't really have. He has one place where he kind of can put bulls, and he killed a really nice seven by out here a few years back. And he had that one in that one place. Well, then he killed this California bull. It was a little bit smaller than the seven by. Mm-hmm. It's maybe like three thirty or something like that. And he ended up getting the antlers so you can pop them in and out. All right, it's what I have. Because it was the only way that he was going to be able to fit it anywhere in mm-hmm. the house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting them in and out, like you know, some guys shoot big bulls, get them mounted, and they're like, "Oh shoot, I can't get in the house." <laughs> You know, it's like I three hundred dollar upgrades critical. The first big bull I I killed it was like a three fifty eight bull, and uh, super cool bull. And I did that with it, and I shoulder mounted it, and then I got it back, and I was like, "Where am I gonna put this shit? (laughs) What am I doing?" You know. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't even want this in my house. It's so big. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had like a house with eight foot ceilings, and then. You know, the brisket mm-hmm. was, like, on the baseboard. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, okay. So, now, Euro mounts are classy. They're clean. You can take them down. You can hold them. When your buddies come over, you're like, dude, check this out. This is my bowl from... Feel the weight of this. Yeah. yeah. You know, feel heavy this bowl is. Look at the front. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, you can't do that with shoulder mounts. It's, like, up on the wall. And it's like, huh, cool. Looks yeah. like all the other ones. I love Euro mounts, man. They're Me so too. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like that one. Yeah. I like that well, one. what I really like about all of yours is that they're they're like patinaed. You the know skull? I mean? Yeah. I don't bleach them. People are like, you want them bleached? I'm like, nope. That stark white skull. Like, I like all the nooks and crannies being black, and it looks, I don't know, 
Rugged. Like how it look, yeah, like it, it's got more character to it's it. It's natural. And it's not what everybody's doing, mm-hmm. you know. Some people spray paint them white or bleach the shit out of them or whatever, but that's, that's I'm going to start telling people because of seeing these, I'm going to start telling people to stop bleaching my skulls. Yeah, I don't, it, you know. Clean them out and call it a day. Yeah, I don't think they'll turn yellow. I mean, that, that one's, I killed that one in 2014. It looks. Still looking still good. Still looks good. Yeah. And it's, gets a lot of sunlight. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, taxidermy's a, I don't know. My wife's super cool about it. Like, my sheep's up, my goat's up. You know, I got four things in the living room. It's not that she's against it. She just, I'm with her. I'm like, I'm on team wife. It's not, not for me. <laughs> it's important. Yeah, I will on say, the one thing I will, I will consider is a moose. Because mm-hmm. they are badass looking. Yeah. And there's not that many moose. What would be your ideal size moose? Are we talking like a Shiras or a... I mean, you tell me. What do you, what what's, do you mean What's ideal? your ideal? Biggest like shit. 64? Like the biggest one ever. Yeah, the yeah. biggest one you can 72. find. 72. 72. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's the biggest size moose? Oh, I'm over you here know, thinking 60s. You're just moose. taking me to the chi- yeah. You're taking me to the cleaners. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what's the big? What's the what's the ideal size blacktail you'd like to shoulder mount? Like, I don't know about a 140. <laughs> I mean, a, a like a 140, 150 is a a, a shoulder mountable blacktail. That's yeah, a good that's a good size buck. But it's not as cool as a 160. No, it's not. <laughs> so I I killed a a 160 mule deer a couple of years back, and you would have thought that it was you know 175 yeah. from looking at it until you got tape on it and got depressed, but. Yeah. Um, I, I got it shoulder mounted, but it took six people to convince me that I needed to shoulder mount it. Like, Why was it just a shower? Uh, I just didn't feel like it was big enough that necessitated a shoulder mount. Oh, you know, I, even just by looking at it, I was just like, nah, you know, a Euro mount is more my style. And then. Yeah. I ended up shoulder mounting it, and it's a great buck. And yeah, no, that's you a know big, the whole that's deal. That's a good mule deer. Yeah, I was happy with it. Yeah, I shot a mule deer last year, and I was just going to euro it, and it was cool because I got to kill it, mm-hmm. and then I ran it over, and um, I killed it just before I went and met up with Randy Ulmer and Cody and Mark Seacat and all those guys, mm-hmm. and so I had this mule deer in my truck, and I got to show Randy Ulmer, <laughs> and Randy was more like enthralled with the mule deer than he was his sheep that we just killed. Yeah. That was a cool, like, point in my life. And the the deer ended up being a 197. It's fun having a moment with Randy. Yeah, it was a Montana buck that was, like, not your typical Montana buck. You know, Randy was... Was it a general tag or was it a... Yeah, no, yeah. it was a general tag. Yeah. Last Never. year, I shot my biggest Montana buck. Really? Yeah, it was a 26, 27-inch 4x5 with, like... I mean, it had the tiniest little cheater on it on the planet, but I Kicker. called it a cheater. Yeah. yeah. And then it got taken... By some dogs. What? Yeah. Well, like some res dogs or what? No, 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 no. By some pit bulls and German shepherds that what? were wild in the desert while we were sheep hunting in California. I left here and went straight down to the desert camp in California. Never to be seen again. And the dogs came in and just snatched it out of camp. We had a 10-acre lot that we were camping in that was completely fenced in. And somehow the stray dog population got in there and swiped it out did you have any stray dog tags i should have oh my god <laughs> yeah it was never saw the dogs never one person saw the dogs but never found the deer nothing it was gone that got a good picture kind of 
not one that did it any justice. Dude, but that it's a bummer. That blows. Yeah, it was. But you know what? Though that's okay. I had a dog eat an antelope one time back mm-hmm. when I was like killing antelope with my bow. It was like a big deal, you know? I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I killed an antelope, and it was an, it was like one of the nicer ones I killed, which isn't saying much because I just shoot them to shoot them. Like if they got prongs, antelope meat like is under underrated meat. It's man. the best meat. Absolutely, it is the best. Absolutely, there is no. I'm sure there is better, but like I would put it up. I thought doll sheep was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, antelope is better than elk. I think elk's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Elk's and delicious. Elk is delicious. I got to mm-hmm. do the old flip-flop thing with you. I mean, Friday night. What's up? So I have... I'll be there. You better be there. I will be there. Yeah. So I have two of the cutest antelope front quarters you've ever seen. Really? Ever. So you can't do a flip-flop with front quarters. Why? Because it's a shoulder. Simmer it a little bit. So, I mean, you could. Technically, you could. And you, what you'd do is you'd, you'd cook the meat, and then you'd take it off the grill and put the shoulder down, yeah. the shoulder blade down, and then slice meat off. Mm-hmm. And then you'd throw the meat back over the over the flame to sear it and then do Keep it like that. It. Yeah. So it'd just be like a, a flip. Just a flip. Just just a flip. Flip cut. Because there's no meat on the back side of it. There you know? isn't. You and know? especially these ones. Yeah. It was very <laughs> tender. Yeah. And uh, I did antelope pine quarters. Who had a, I think, yeah, it was antelope pine quarters. At Stone Glacier in January. Okay. And uh, how was I? How'd you not call me for that? I, I don't know. I don't know. It was Stone Glacier deal, so I just showed up and cooked. And uh, we, Cody was there. Yeah, where were you? Why weren't you with Cody? I don't know. You guys are probably working. Yeah, probably. He, I think he's working today. Yeah. No, today he's off. Loser. I know. <laughs> he's, he's trying to buy a boat. Is he? Yeah, that's what he, or he's going to get a boat or. Oh, his new boat's done. Is that what it is? Yeah, he yeah. got some, you know, like he and I both grew up, uh, you know, fly fishing and whatever, you mm-hmm. know, being pure <laughs> Bozeman stuff, right? Rod tubes and tundras. And, uh, yeah, it's like once you branch out and you like go catch a walleye or a sauger or a catfish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a big fishing, fishing guy, yeah. fisherman, but that's fun. Yeah. Like that's really fun. You know, and like you catch a trout, you can barely handle it because it's going to die. You know, and you catch a catfish, you throw it on the bank for an hour, and it's still alive. <laughs> it's like rugged little creatures, Yeah, it's man. way better, you yeah. know? So, I don't know, just doing different stuff. Sometimes, like, when you grow up doing something, mm-hmm. the last thing you land on is kind of the funnest for right. a while. So, yeah, I'll get back into it. I took the kids fishing on Saturday. How was, was that? It was fun. Panther Martin Hatch was fire. Was it? Yeah. Is that a bug? No. Oh. Well, I don't know what a, a Panther spinner. Martin is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was super good. Uh, Saying a hatch, good. I instantly am going to. Yeah. No, that's like, just my. Uh, I can tell you're not from Bozeman. You'd be offended. <laughs> oh, does that have a trouble hook? No. Oh, get out of here. That's oh, epic. Like, yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, so you pulled into camp and got to show your, your animal to Randy Ulmer. That was cool. That hunt was cool. Watching Randy shoot a ram was cool. Yeah, so. How was that experience for you? Well, I mean, you always hear about Randy, and, like, you never think you get to, like, meet him, let alone watch him shoot a bighorn sheep in the brakes, mm-hmm. you know, and then. What an opportune year for him to get that tag, too. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, did he buy that tag? Did he do that? Like, he didn't. No, he drew a, it, He's right? a normal dude. Yeah. He's a totally normal dude. People just don't understand the time, effort, and energy that that man actually puts in to hours behind glass and in the dude, field. It's crazy. To, crush it's the crazy. animals that he crushes he i mean he's a got a really good system figured out on how he does it and what yeah. he does oh yeah but like that man is straight legend 
He's a legend. Dude. Yeah. No, and it was it was All really day. cool. Like he kept calling sheep uh, cliff carp. He wasn't a big <laughs> sheep guy. He's like, yeah, whatever. It's another cliff carp. You know, I'm like. That had to be such a fun experience. And so I got to show him a mule deer, and he was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, we're talking about that. And he's trying to help me, like, save the velvet, which I couldn't end up doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually talked me into shoulder mounting it. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to Euro it. If someone was going to do it, that's the person you're going to listen to. You should probably (laughs) probably mount that thing. Like, I would. You know, not, I don't even know if he would. He's got so many big deer, but he's a cool, cool guy because he's like, yeah, I don't. I'm like, Randy, how big do you think this deer is? He's like, I don't know. I don't really score anything. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, you should. <laughs> you killed some giant shit. <laughs> no, he, he does. Like, he knows, but he's... Super humble. Super humble guy. Yeah, really, Absolutely really genuine person. The nicest guy, so... Yeah. It sounds like he might come back up here this year and... Yeah. It'll be pretty neat if he does. Yeah. Have, have dinner with him and hopefully... Yeah. So, Maybe yeah, have after, a flip-flop. After he killed his, uh, his ram... We went back, and uh, he's like, all right, so i got to call my travel agent in the morning and get back to Arizona. I want to go hunt deer. <laughs> I was hunting deer before I came, and I'd rather go hunt deer. Because he still he killed his ram on day, like, two or three. Yeah. And, and it was really funny. You know, like, ironic. Like, everybody in Montana would grow up like, oh, my God, you got to break sheep tag. Like, savor that every minute. And then you kill a giant with a bow, you know. And like, as How soon, crazy. As soon as it happens, he's, he's like, I'm out. Well, better uh, better go to Arizona and hunt deer. Yeah. It's like, all my, right. My Randy Ulmer moment was at the Mountain Academy for Kuyu a couple of years back. Yeah. He was there, and I was cooking flip-flops for everybody for their, you know, after thing they were doing. And he came up, and he was like, this is the best mule deer I've ever had in my life. And I was like, I'll take that compliment. That's a good compliment. I'll, from, from him, I'll take that compliment. That's a gold medal right yeah, there. Yeah, dude. You're gonna Mind cook, blowing. You're going to have to cook mule deer for me because I – I'm not a big mule deer fan. I'm pretty good at cooking mule deer. I've been okay. doing it for yeah, a, while. a little bit of time. What's better, mule deer or blacktail? That's a really good question. So, I, I heard blacktail's good. Blacktail's delicious, man. So I had a blacktail ham that my buddy Charles Whitwam handed to me to cook um, at a West Coast archery event. And I was cooking it up, and that was by far one of the best hindquarters I had ever had. But... I haven't had enough to be able to, I mean, I'd have to sit with two grills going and a, and a blacktail and a mule deer and yeah. eat it slice for slice. And I'm sure it's animal dependent too. It's definitely animal dependent. It's field care dependent. Wait, um, wait till you try my, uh, my antelope doe from last year. Yeah. Doe fawn. Doe slash fawn type. <laughs> That's pretty good. Is it the best bet? meat I've ever had. Yeah, man. Antelope's so... I remember I was on a hunt years ago, and the guy who was putting on the hunt, the biggest thing he said, because an, my dad had an antelope tag. It was my first time antelope hunting, which was just a riot. It was absolutely balls to the walls, insane the whole time. And uh, anyways, that guy was just like, yeah, any any big game feed that I go to, antelope is the first thing that disappears off any table. It's it's fantastic meat. Like, yeah. As far as wild game goes, it's got to be top, mm-hmm. top of the top. Right. That's my wife's favorite. My kids love it. And then that's the first thing to go in the fall, like out of the freezer. All the antelope disappears. Gone. Well, and plus they only weigh twenty pounds. Yeah, they're tiny. <laughs> they really are. They're tiny. Skin it out. It's yeah. Like you have a dog. So I think I'll have my first antelope rifle tag this year. Really? Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Yep. 
Nice. I was playing the playing the game where you could still buy a leftover, you know, 900 tag in Montana. Mm-hmm. Waking up at 5 a.m. trying to buy them on the leftover day, and I kept doing yeah, it. What a and nightmare I got, those days were. Do you I remember? T- I did it last year. Yeah, but they were still doing that last year? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so I just got over it. I'm like, screw it. I still have, like, three or four bonus points. Like, I'm just going to draw a rifle tag. Mm-hmm. So... I have like a ninety-seven percent chance. Because we'll I remember to use, because I used to not get my Montana tag until August mm-hmm. or September, um, depending on what whatever else I drew. Yeah. And I would just sit there and for my big game combo and hit refresh yeah. and refresh and refresh, and then literally it was like whoever could get Dude, into had, their website a second faster than the next yeah. guy and check out. Dude, I had my iPad, my computer, and my phone going last year. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah. And then like one popped up, and I was like, get buy it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst part is, is you had to log in from scratch, right? Yep. At least for out of state, we had to log in from scratch, right? So every time you'd have to log in, check, log back out, log in, check, and log back out. Oh, I don't think it's that bad Ugh. for residents anyway. It's uh, it's uh, frustrating. It's worth it. I mean, it's worth it for at least another tag in the pocket, like in the great state that mm-hmm. we live in. But now hunting's getting so cool anymore that it's hard to get tags like, you, you know, bow hunt rifle hunt right I'd much rather bow hunt just because i have an opportunity like i will probably get an elk tag every year you know but at the rate it's going maybe not i don't know yeah this year was the first year in a lot of years that i didn't draw you montana a, you don't have a combo like general license no i didn't draw it you needed points this year a lot of people need points to get it so i obviously put my name on the yeah. Whatever list. The preference point list or the leftover. The leftover. The alternate list. Yeah, the alternate list, yeah. which I know I had a buddy that was on the alternate list three years ago, and he ended up getting in. He was like number 370-something, and he ended up getting it. Really? You know, four weeks before the season started. But, you know, again, you still are – and I don't even know what my number is yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't – my cousin is just getting into hunting, and he drew. I, you know – I was like, yeah, put, dude, put in. We'll, we'll get you deer. And he's into bow hunting, right? He listened to, like, a Joe Rogan podcast. He's like, I want to bow hunt. Everybody. Yeah. And so he's, like, part of the wave that's like. Welcome to California hunting. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got a cousin that knows a little bit about hunting. You know? And I was like, sure, dude. Put in for a Montana deer tag. I'll if, help if you out. You, if you draw one, sure enough. Pulled it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, come out. We'll get you deer. How cool is that? He's going to be pumped. Where's he from? Oregon. Oh, okay. Yep. Do you have a lot of family down in Oregon? Or? Yeah, that's where both my parents were from. My dad's from the Dalles, and uh, my mom's from the Camby area outside okay. of Portland. Yeah. So my aunt has a restaurant chain out there. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's out there, go to the Wild Hair, Oregon City, Camby. Support the local family. Yeah, I got a bull hanging in the Oregon City There you go. Uh, restaurant. Do it. I don't know go. if they're open for COVID or not. but Right. Coronavirus crushing everybody. It sucks. Yeah. Except for if you're in the housing industry in bozeman where everyone's <laughs> moving it seems like crazy that's all i've heard since i've been up here man it's like everybody's just like wow there's a lot of people that are trying to buy property now dude start counting the out-of-state plates driving around it's just like i don't want to one after because i'm one of them that's fine but i'm like you're not the riffraff though yeah i might be though you know maybe it's debatable depends who you ask yeah i know definitely depends who you ask yeah yeah so do you are you mostly a general tag hunter or do you put in for a lot of draw tags i put in for all the draw tags i mean the ones that you want i'm not like hunting the the unlimiteds for sheep that's for sure Mm -hmm. why is that 
it's just not like what we're known for. Like, I don't want to kill a ram. I'd rather roll the dice and get a maybe ram. kill like a ram we're known for. And maybe it's twenty years. Maybe it's never. Maybe it's forty years. What would it take, Brendan? Sixteen, I think. Yeah, well, probably more than that. Mm-hmm. that he took, I think he drew it with like sixteen points, and then he had yeah. however many years before Prior putting to in. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's. You know, I, I'd like to kill a ram, sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd go to Alberta and blow over a <laughs> three-quarter curl ram seven days a week. But with all the wait periods and seeing all the sheep that I see, and I'd rather kill one that, like, means more to me. Looks like that. Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> if it looks like that, that would be pretty cool. But, yeah. um, no, I mean, I hunt elk. I mean, I put in for, you know, a very easy-to-draw archery tag. Um you know, for the sake of all your listeners, it's it's in the Bridgers. Everyone hunt the Bridgers. Mm-hmm. Right by the M, I, I park at the M trailhead, and I hike up there. And the Bridgers. Right there, 100 yeah. 100 all the time. Moved to Bozeman. Yeah. I killed big bulls right in the M parking lot. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, but I, you know, that's a pretty easy to draw tag. <laughs> um, but deer is always over the counter. I think I have like 10, 11 deer points. I don't know what I'd do with them. I kill as big of deer on a general tag than with... A special draw tag yeah um i understand that man yeah because like in california you can kill big deer if you put in the time yeah you know if you have the time and the energy and the effort mm-hmm. that you're willing to sacrifice you yeah. can get majority of those big bucks out of the x zones in california in over-the-counter general units yeah montana's the same way but with Montana, you have, like, 50-50 private public, and a lot of it's checkerboarded, and then you have block management. you got all this other, like, access stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And so I play a different game where, yeah, I hunt a lot of public land. Don't get me wrong, but I also knock on a lot of doors. I do a lot of favors. I, I never paid for access or anything, but... It's a lot easier to do that as a resident, too. Yeah, I can drive over, down, or across the state, or wherever I'm going, and, you know, say, hey, man. Yeah, I, w- I would not recommend for out-of-staters to go knocking on doors. Yeah, there's a reason I don't have six plates on my truck. Yeah. You pull up somewhere with six plates, it's a guaranteed no, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but if you pull up with like a, you know, save the farmer plate, <laughs> they're like, hell yeah. Come on in. You know? Yeah, yeah. come on in. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, or hey, can I walk to that, you know, the where the BLM touches your place? Like, can I just... Everyone else is hiking 20 miles around. Can I just hike two miles across? Sure. No one's asked. Go for it. Yeah. But I will say Onyx has totally screwed up a lot of areas. I for bet. me. For know, a lot of people. If you have something already dialed, mm-hmm. you know, and then you come back and somebody's in your honey hole, it's like, well, shit. How'd mm. you find this? Onyx Maps. I'm like, great. Thanks, Onyx. Yeah. It's a great tool. But <laughs> it is. It's a wonderful tool. At the same tool. time, it sucks ass. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. The availability to so many new hunting spots is is just monstrous these days. Mm-hmm. Monstrous. Yeah, and, and landowners and, and, like, figuring out, you know, so-and-so lets you go through or, you know, oh, I didn't know that was block management or there's a sign-in box over here or I didn't know that was type one, type two, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just the game's changing. you got to change with it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's Makes be it more interesting. Yeah. I'm sure it challenges you, you know, when you go somewhere and someone's in your spot. Now you got to find a new spot. Yeah. 
That's why you got to have backup spots. Right. Backup, backup spots. And, and again, I'll just reference this back to California. Like, that's how I hunt California. You know, I mean, I... I have spots that are backup spots to my backup spots to my backup spots, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the entire range that I cover is, you know, yeah. 50, 60 miles, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. you need that kind of coverage because there's so many people out in the field all the time, yeah. you know, and you never know when someone's going to be in your spot. Just because they're in your spot doesn't mean they're going to kill the animals, you know, that are there. Oh, for sure. Because you got to understand it. You got to know it. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to play the game. And it seems like all the spots I dive into, the closer I look, like the more I magnify the area, the more I find. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the same hillside over and over, you start noticing more stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just going to glass something once and be like, oh, nothing here, or just a bunch of dinks. Right. Like, you know, you just got to keep looking. Keep spend looking. some time at it. The more time I spend in certain areas, the better it gets. So that gives me a little bit of like, I don't know reprieve of <laughs> thinking that people are just going to roll in there and kill something big and something I've been chasing for years, years. The bull I killed two years ago, I chased for four years before I killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd that feel? Awesome. Did you ever get any of his sheds or no? No, I'm not a big shed guy. I mean, I try to be, but I, I can't yeah. like, I, I just can't Don't have the find time them for it. Oh the, really? Yeah. A lot of the elk I hunt are super <clears throat> low density. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's, you know, tripping over sheds and stuff. Like, no one's hunting the elk, really, but there's also not very many elk. Yeah. So when you find them, it's, you found them. Those are them. That's the ones you're looking In for. In fact, like, I, I don't think I've got a shed off any bull I've ever killed. Really? Nope. Yeah. And I rarely find them. Oh, wow. I, I just don't know if they don't winter there. I really need an airplane and a lot of time <laughs> off in, like, February, and I'll figure it out. But and a good gas bell to fill? Yeah. yeah. And that, I'll, I'll tell you, but <laughs> I can't find them. Yeah. I spent... The most time I've ever spent this year just because of situation of everyone was on lockdown. And I was like, huh, glad I live in Montana. Did you find a lot of time this year to go out and, mm-hmm. and kind of do some research? I did a lot of weekends. I did a lot of afternoons. Like I'd work a half day from home or whatever. And then like, oh, let's go. I'll go for a hike that, you know, 10 mile hike in the afternoon. See what you can dig up. Yeah. And find, I found a ton. Really? But nothing big. Benefits of coronavirus. Yeah, benefits of coronavirus. <laughs> Silver linings. Seriously. That's the real the real good part about it. Right. So where did you kill your goat at? The crazies. Really? Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you to get that tag? Well, again, I got lucky. You have, like, this weird aura of while, luck around you. I'll pull you. tags. Um, you know, like sheep tags. I think I had four points. Mm-hmm. And I drew, well, it's when I moved back from college and... It was like when I was in college, I could barely like come up with the money to buy bonus points. And like, like I have one less point for moose because there was a year I was like, ah, I you can't know, I just, that. that's 10 bucks. I just, I can't. I got to eat another burrito or something. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, I really want to Taco Bell's really bad. looking good. And so now I look back and I'm like, you idiot. Like one point, <laughs> like, come on. Right. So yeah, I, I got really lucky. I pulled a 313 goat tag back. Well, the reason I pulled it, I mean, they gave like 84 tags away in 2014 mm-hmm. and they were, you know, allegedly overpopulated. So they were really just trying to crack down the herd. And they have, they think they give out 12 or 15 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they give out nanny tags now, like a couple handful of nanny tags. It's always so funny when people call um, Billy's nannies. 
Like on it, purpose? No, like they just don't know what they are. Yeah, then they're just thinking that they killed a male goat and, and it doesn't have a pecker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I got super lucky. Uh, found a goat. Actually, Cody found the goat. He glassed it up. So you guys have been hunting together for a while. Oh yeah, third grade. Oh really? Yeah. So you've known each other forever then. Grew up together. Third grade. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Cody's dad uh, was our preacher or pastor or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. When we got married, he married us. Oh, really? That's Hallie. She's super excited. And the dogs. And the dogs. Yep. I love this Christmas collar. I know. It's really festive. I really, really love the Christmas collar. It's almost happy half Christmas. Right? Yeah. It is almost, huh? Yeah. July. Right? We're almost or there. June. June? Is it June or is it July? It's June. 25th. Couple, couple two, days. Two more days. Yeah. I should have a Christmas party. We're having a Christmas party. Happy half Christmas on yeah. Friday. On Friday. So it'll be the day after Christmas, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I've known Cody forever. And... uh he spotted the goat, shot it, ended up being a 12-and-a-half-year-old goat, missing teeth and stuff. And really? In a unit where they're killing 80, some of them, and they're so overpopulated, which it was like opening day of deer season in Wisconsin. <laughs> there was people everywhere. I actually stalked a goat with my bow because I was like, oh, I drew a you know, mountain goat tag in Montana. I'm going to try to kill with, with my bow. Yeah. And uh, Chris, my buddy from California, was there too. And I get about halfway to it, and I look up behind me. I'm like, I'm in between the goat and the people. And these people pop up behind me, three of them, just start hammering this goat. Wound no. it. The goat runs over the mountain, never to be seen again. They wounded it. And really? I was like, what the hell? Like, I was clearly like 200 yards away from this goat with a bow in my hand. They saw me, still hammered it. That's rough. And I was like, all right, picking up the gun. We'll get it done. And then was that the goat that you ended up killing was the one that they were shooting at or no? No. That, that oh, goat okay. never got seen again. Really? Yep. They just wounded it and left, and Ouch. I was like, I see what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. I'm going to pick up my gun and go shoot a nice one. Yeah. In a spot where it won't fall 10 miles, and it didn't. Right. <laughs> Trained. Trained. It's like my, my buddy has a dog that'll do that. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. She won't. I don't know how. Right there. That's Harlow. She, she says, nope, yep. not today, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> Went in doubt. Got the backup. Right. They are. That's fine. So what's your plans for this year? Well, Alberta got scrapped. My wife pulled a gangster elk tag, so we're going to focus on that. Mm -hmm. um, I pulled my typical elk tag. And hopefully the, fill that. The one by the M? Right, yeah, the M parking lot. The M parking lot. Yeah, the fish Got hatchery it. tag. Yeah. And, uh... I do have the biggest antelope. I know, I told him. Oh. Well, I told him, you had the only booner in the house. She yeah. Did, she killed a, like, 82 and change Montana antelope. That's not a bad, bad take right there. So when she pulls tags, she makes a count. Yeah. Like the elk tag. So, yeah, she's got one. I'm pumped. She's pumped, I should say. It's not a, I'm not pushing her to do it. She, I apply for her, but 
She's always like, did I draw? Did I draw? <laughs> this year was a yes. Took her a while, but she got it. So, yeah, that's that's on the docket for the year. Hopefully, I have an antelope tag in my pocket. I did not draw anything in Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, all the typical. California's got some good over-the-counter tags. Well, I should go hunt with my buddy Chris. He keeps inviting me. He'd and probably be pretty thrilled about it. He would be thrilled. If you, if you come down well, to California, let me know, man. He came up and... Uh, you know, horse trading. So he had a deer tag in his pocket. I knew where some deer were. We went and shot a deer. He's a good, he's a really good hunter. Um, but I had put him on this good spot. He snuck in there, shot this big buck, ended up being like 170 and change with his bow. And it couldn't have worked out slicker. So I'm hoping I can like, you know, repay like, hey dude, can I come shoot a blacktail? Like a management <laughs> three-legged blacktail? Yeah. Just to get one so i'm sure he will yeah i'll tell him him to listen to the podcast oh hopefully he does (laughs) hopefully he does yeah yeah california is an interesting beast for hunting it's a big state it's a really big state really big yeah and there's there's a lot of good hunting opportunity but like i said you know i mean you're pulling Mm -hmm. five percent success on public land and majority of any over-the-counter unit you know and if if you don't if you don't know it then you're you know, yeah. up Shits Creek, it's makes it difficult. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of opportunity, it seems like. I mean, you got mule deer and have you ever pulled a sheep tag or anything there? Is that just a pipe dream? No, no. I've never I've never pulled a sheep tag for myself. Just been uh, on buddies and Yeah, I've, well I've so I've gone out with uh Kika with Jake Franklin yep. uh, with Kika Worldwide. Last year I went on eight hunts with them for the desert sheep in California. Not not California. That guy seems like a badass. Jake, he, Jake's wasn't a he savage. At the transplant. Deal? He was. Yeah. I was bummed I couldn't make it to that. Amazing experience. Here Uh-oh. she comes. Uh oh. We can take a break if we want. That's okay. Okay. Can you say hi? Hi. Can you say hi? No. Not today. It's tough being two. I bet. She got wet. Harlow squirted her. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lively household. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, the sheep capture was crazy, man. Um, to 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 lay hands on live rams, mm-hmm. you know, on live ewes and yeah. lambs, like never in my life did I think that that was a possibility. Yeah. You know, and and the entire purpose behind it and what was going on. Um, I just love that it was privately funded. Like I'm a big. Yeah private equity like privately funded things mm-hmm. make the world go round and the fact we didn't have to rely on state agencies and paperwork to make it happen yeah that was cool yeah and the rocky boy indian reservation really you know mm-hmm. did a major solid with that and yep. you know what i really like that came out of it was the insurance policy that goes along with it where if those three sheep herds thrive and you know are extreme success stories and something bad happens or disease happens to the rocky boys sheep herd they have first dibs on bring them back excess sheep and bringing them back Mm -hmm. to repopulate their area you know because i couldn't even imagine the amount of benefit that them having the herd that they have now brings to the tribe and the lands and everything they have going on up there so yeah i really appreciate the fact that they were able to you know make that happen just for the future success of the sheep. Yeah. Well, you put the right people in, in place to do the right thing, and it happens. I like yeah. that. 
Well, yeah. and that's one of the biggest things is just it was literally an entire group of go-getting ass people mm-hmm. that were all about it and doing whatever needed to be done in order for the success of the mission. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it went off successfully. Yeah. You know? It happened. <laughs> Seriously. It did. And they're thriving. I think all of them are still alive, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, I've seen lambs that were dropped with no tags. That's, you know, insane in yep. itself. Yeah. You know? And uh, I'll probably, I'll head down there next week. I'm going to go out to Antelope Island. Nice. Um, I'll drive down to Utah on Sunday, and I'll hit Antelope Island and go see if I can't You're locate. You're just touring around. I'm just, just having fun, Just man. a rolling stone. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. It's You know, it's a... Uh, I've always kind of been nomadic um, ever yeah. since my early 20s, you know, and... You know, it's like what we were talking about in the beginning, dude. I just, I love being in the truck. I turn on the right tunes. And mm-hmm. What's your road road tune mix? That's a good question. Um, it depends on the time. Like if it's night, it's something really loud and obnoxious um, to try and keep me awake. Um, but like, I think one of my biggest go-to road songs is Metallica's cover of Turn the Page. And um, I just I feel that song. Feel yeah. When it comes on, man, dude, it's just like, all right, man. It's I just I just sat in my seat and you know focus on yeah what's going on. And it the that song tells such an amazing story. Metallica's hands down one of my favorite bands of all time. You know, so the. their ability to storytell behind their their music is what's their genre is that is it metal is yeah that, you just call it metal you would yeah yeah hair i mean no i wouldn't call it hair metal because they all had long hair but yeah just metal it's it's isn't the main dude a big kuyu guy yeah oh yeah james is it's he's a big kuyu supporter yeah. um i mean his guitar is you know wrapped out in kuyu camo yeah you know, and bias and oh, he seems like a badass i was i uh Every once in a while, I have to go up to a place called the White, the Yellowstone Club around mm-hmm. here. Have you heard of it? And there's, a, I think there's a guy from Metallica, Metallica that has a place up there. He's Probably. got like one of those big. I mean, I'm not a music guy. What's the the drummers? They hit the at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a name of it. It's like it starts with a Z. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you I know, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got that like on the on the front like porch. Front lawn of his house, the yeah. front porch. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, all the music people will probably just be like, "Oh, dude, it's, come on!" <laughs> I can't. I know that. So that's yeah. a brand name, and I don't know that yeah, brand name. But that's what's sitting out. Yeah. I don't know if he gets home and just. I just get, if I, dude, if I had one, I'd just get there and smash that thing. Yeah, put absolutely. Some, put some home. good dings in it. Welcome yeah. home. Yeah, which that was a really good song that they did. See, it's, it's okay. Out. Yeah, it's okay. I'm a big metalhead. Big you can guy. Tell. Yeah, totally. For my music genre in the beginning. <laughs> Into it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just missing the rod tubes and him from Bozeman. Ra- rap and country. Yeah, rap. Yeah. Brendan rap. Brendan has some good rap stories. He does. I know. Yeah. Yeah, he loves. Snoop Dogg. Warren G. Snoop Dogg. Warren G. Yep. <laughs> he's gonna be pissed. Yeah. No, he's not. He won't care. He won't. No, he's good like that. But uh, what are you what are you hunting this year? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I've got. A couple things in the works. 
I got a lot of hunts that'll probably be on. Um, it's kind of choosing which hunt I want to go on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, my biggest priority is always my self hunt. Yeah, you know, which is and, California this year. Or? Uh, California a little bit. Um, Utah, I got Utah. Um, I'm a really big general tag guy. I limited tags are great opportunities yeah. there yeah i really like to push myself in general units to try and find as as big of a buck as i can in a in a general unit um so i'm going into a new unit in utah that i have not hunted yet like i did last year um i'm really excited about it uh i think it's going to be a nightmare of a hunt um which is going to be good yeah right that's what you want that's what i want that's what i'm signing up for yep um, and then hopefully I'll get my Montana tag. Um, I have another tag that I might get that's over the counter, um, somewhere. I don't want to say what's tag it is just because if I do it, I'm going to be gone for 30 days doing it. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you after the podcast, Perfect. no problem. It's probably at the M. I'll probably see you at the trailhead. You might, you might, it could be in Montana. Okay. It could be. Um, but it would be it would be a thirty day hunt, and I would not be looking for dinks. I would be looking for uh, serious caliber animals. Good, um, you know. Yeah. Going for. That's what I like. You know, eight nine year old. I have a coffee cup. I'll show you later. Yeah. It says no dinks on it. Yeah. But what, only when there's coffee in it, and then yeah. it like fades out. <laughs> it says no dinks. It's got an elk that goes to a spike. It's sweet. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but that's kind of what I have planned for this year, and. Um, it's looking like I'll be back up in the whites with Kika and, and doing some sheep hunts with them down in California and having a good time with their camp and That'll be sweet. doing all that. You know, Jake is, is awesome. Their, their whole outfit and the way that they run everything is just, you know, the, when you leave, when a, when a client leaves and they're just thrilled about the experience from, you know, in camp to in the field, yeah. you know, that's so important. Um, so that'll be fun. And yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of, going with it and seeing what's happening yeah you're a rolling stone you never know like it's 30 days here 40 days here yeah you know utah this yeah arizona that. i'll be in utah quite a bit this year not just on my own tag so yeah um i might have a, a fun muzzleloader hunt to go on out there and you know all that so who knows yeah you need to have a couple kids really late no hold you up i don't have a wife you know no no girlfriend no just you and the road. Just me and the road. The, my my vehicle is my girlfriend. Looking for the end of the long white line. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if I, I think I'll die first, you know, and and my preferable way to go out would be like, you know, the the end of, um, God, what's that movie? <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one movie, Legends of the Fall. Oh, that's how I'm gonna die. Yeah. Brad Pitt, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get attacked by a grizzly bear on a mm. hunt. No one will find my body. It's a good way to go. I probably won't be on horseback, but when you, you know. do it, just go south of town here, Taylor's Fork, highest density of yeah. grizzly bears in lower 48. Yeah, I mean, People you know, Tom Miner. Yeah, dudes get mauled weekly. It seems like monthly. Tom Miner's fun. Some dude just got snatched off a bike. Oh my god, yeah. by a grizz? Yeah, some Bozeman guy. No way. The guy was moving to Bozeman. Oh my god. Goes walks out the town. It's just That's brutal. G bear. Yeah. Watch out. No. Do you hunt with do you hunt with bear spray or anything like that? I no. never have out here. I have I mean, I don't hunt where there's grizzly bears, mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean not too concerned about it. No, rattlesnakes. 
Oh, really? Them. A lot of rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's... Yeah. I've hit dens before, like walking around in the dark, and you start running, and you hit more, and then you, uh, you take like four steps, and there's another uh, one, and it feels like somebody's dropping snakes on you. What the fuck, I hate dude? it. I hate it. But, you know, more people, it seems like get mauled by bears and bit by rattlesnakes, so... I mean, I have an irrational fear of rattlesnakes the way people have a rational fear of bear attacks. I have dens marked on, like, my onyx. Really? Mm-hmm. Just so you know so where they well, are. So, if I'm, like, doing a stock or something, like, that's, that's a den. So, they'll den up, they migrate, and, like... And snakes sep- migrate. End of September, early October. Oh. And, like, I do a lot of hunting right in that two-week period. A lot of rattlesnakes. Ugh. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's so cold, they can barely rattle. Mm-hmm. But they can still, like... I fell asleep on a baby earlier this year. Baby rattlesnake? Yeah. Yeah. Seacat got some really good photos of it. Really? We, yeah, we well we were in that we were on the sheep hunt and it started pouring rain and Jake's glass and then he sees a cave in the side of a mountain. So we all it's you know, half a mile, so we all make our way over there and set up in this cave and wait for the rain to clear. And I put my back down and I'm laying on my pack, you know, trying to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, the rain breaks, and we're all out, you know, looking and, you know, using our binos. And I'm like, well, I need to go get my spotter. So I go up, and I grab my pack, and I flip it over so I can get into it, into, into the main pocket and get yeah. my my spotter out. Well, when I flip it, a baby rattlesnake jumps up and starts going over my pack trying to come at me. And it was underneath my backpack the entire time. Really? Yep. You laid it right on it? Laid it right on it. Slither under you. I don't think it slithered under me because nobody else saw it. Not a big snake guy. Not a big snake guy either. That was, that was enough to creep me out for the yeah. rest of the day. Sometimes I don't know. It's hard <laughs> when you're like bow hunting because you don't have anything to kill them with. You're not gonna like shoot an arrow and into the dirt at <laughs> a snake, feet. right? Yeah, three feet. So you just get like buzzed and then walk around them. Yeah. Remember, and then you have to walk back. You're like, where'd it move? Yeah. Somewhere in here. Yeah. I know where it's got to be close. That's rough. Yeah, they move pretty good, though. Yeah. And they, they let you know. Like, hot days, I, I don't really fear getting bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I fear, like, my kids or whatever getting bit. Yeah. But they're usually not hunting with me. Yeah. So That makes sense. So that brings me to the dead-eye question. All right? So in every podcast. Yeah. Right? I do a, a dead-eye question, dead-eye mm-hmm. minute. Yeah. Dead-eye sponsors podcast. Um, great guys. Yeah. I love them to death. I'm sure. Do you know them? Have you met them before? I haven't met them. I know of them. Yeah, or I know like the brand. Wonderful, wonderful guys. And it's just hats, t-shirts. It's apparel. Yeah. It's not even hunting gear. Yeah. Um. So, if you had to choose, <sighs> laying in a bed, in a bathtub, mm-hmm. full of rattlesnakes. Yep. Or laying in a bathtub, full of scorpions and spiders. Which one would you choose? I'll probably scorpions. Really? I don't, I have no experience with them. Yeah, so you're a little bit less leery of yeah. scorpions and spiders. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of how many snakes? Are we talking like? Bones? I mean, either way, the bathtub is full. I don't see how they're this just is getting dumped on you. It doesn't sound very logical. Fear factor. It's fear. not. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the make little believe. Ones. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Scorpions? Spiders? Most spiders are pretty harmless. Yeah, I like black widows, though. Brown recluse, you get bit by one of those. You just... uh, basically, it's what, what's going to kill me faster. 
Maybe the rattlesnakes. I don't know. I don't know. But you'd go with with a bathtub of scorpions and spiders. Why not? If you're gonna die, <laughs> die like, slow. Yeah, it gives you a backup option for your grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grizzly bear got him. Nope. Ugh. Scorpions. That's rough, man. That's rough. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, you drove all the way out here. Yeah. Can't turn you down. I know. Just for this. Yeah. <laughs> Just for this. Yeah. Only reason. Yeah. Right? Yeah, hopefully it wasn't too terrible. No, it was great, dude. Absolutely. I mean, I appreciate you showing me your animals. and. Yeah, sorry I don't have enough, a ton of them here. Got a few. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna so, have to stop by Oregon maybe on my way home and check out that shoulder-mounted elk. You should just for the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My aunt does a kick-ass job. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's called what restaurant? It's called the Wild Hair. The Wild Hair, and it's in Oregon City. One of them's in Oregon City. One of them's in Canby. And which one is your is your elk in? OC. OC. Yep. Which is Oregon or- City. Yep. Oregon City. Got it. Awesome. I'll yep. check it out. You'll have to do it. I will. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.